hey, 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 you guys. Thank you all so much for being back on Black Canvas. We're on season eight, and we have our third guest here on the show. If you guys have not heard of Cedric, you're going to learn a whole lot about him today. He is an amazing actor. He's an artist, a singer, and a songwriter. And he began his journey as a musician at a very young age, much like his acting career. Growing up singing in his church choir, Cedric was a prime talented singer who could sing very diverse vocal range from soprano to bass. Cedric grew up in Zambia after his family escaped DR Congo during a war at just one years of age. His family spent the next 12 years living in a ref in refugee camp in the Northwestern Providence of Zambia. Cedric and his family relocated to the U.S. in 2010, just before the turn of the year. Cedric began his life in the U.S. in his new hometown, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, home of some of the most talented musicians in the industry, such as Boozy, Kevin Gates, and NBA Youngboy. Just an hour away um, from New Orleans, which is my hometown, a city that, of course, has some of the best legends like Little Wayne, my ex and Master P. It's no surprise that music was the first part of the American culture that attracted Cedric. He eventually began his musical journey in the US after meeting a friend named Young Emma, an aspiring music producer at the time and now one of the most prime music videographers in the industry. After making countless hip hop beats, Young Emma often made sure her friends heard it with guidance from not only young Emma, Cedric picked up an interest in music production and began making beats as well. After his amassed hundreds of beats that landed in his phone, um, Cedric had no choice but to attempt to become a songwriter. And so in 2018, he improved his songwriting skills and realized that he had a serious talent in the art of music he recorded and released his first um, five songs on all music platforms. And he's been able to just be an amazing artist. Um, some of the stuff we're going to talk about later are going to be some of his songs. And we're hoping that one day he will definitely be on the stage with the Grammys very soon. So I'm just very excited to have Mr. Cedric here with us on Black Canvas. Thank you for being here. Hey, thank you so much for having me. This is, a, this is my first ever podcast, so <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> Awesome. So I'm excited to have you here. And you guys, I told him I'm not going to screw up. So I'm working on it. <laughs> but his stage name is Flexer. So if you guys have not heard of him, please check him under that stage name is F-L-E-X, the number three and letter R. And so he's a um, Congolese American actor. So I want you to kind of talk about that growing up where you've grown up. Can you tell us about your history? Yeah, yeah. So I uh, originally uh, being born in DR Congo, uh, and then uh, right when I turned one year old, my parents uh, woke us up in the middle of the night. Uh, there was rebel groups uh, coming to to our city to destroy and kill people. Uh, we just heard some gunshots at night, and then uh, my dad woke us up, and we had to escape uh, through our backyard and straight into the forest and uh and we never turned back <laughs> and uh, that's how we really ended up in zambia uh just going through the forest uh 
you know, trying to stay away from the main roads so uh, we don't get attention from anybody and uh, until we made it to Zambia. Wow. I know that had to be really scary for your family. Have you talked to your family members about that experience, um, just going through that? Yes, it's something that, uh, no, well, not more, most recently, but uh, when we were kids, uh, it's something that our parents uh, made sure we understood, you know, where we came from and just conversations that we used to have. It's like, hey, don't, don't forget where you came from. We, we are all very lucky uh, and very blessed to be here. Well, I'm glad that you made it out alive. I'm so excited to hear that and just going through that experience. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, sir. So let's kind of talk about um, what was it like when you moved to the U.S.? What was your first experience? Anything that you experienced in the U.S. that just kind of just like wowed you? And you're like, wow, I can't believe I'm here. Yeah, absolutely. It's like moving to the U.S. was a, was a major culture shock. Uh, uh, being being in Zambia and uh, living in a refugee camp, uh, you, you don't you don't get any farther from the opposite than that. <laughs> and uh, and uh, immediately coming to the U.S., uh, it was like a whole different world. And 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 I mean that by like every single uh, extent of it. Uh, I remember uh, when I when I first came. First of all, you know. The weather was very different. Uh, we arrived in December, and uh, in December over there was sunny and and it was hot in summer. And we came here; it was winter, and uh, there was snow and it was it was freezing. So it was immediately we got thrown into the winter season <laughs> of the U.S. and uh, and it was a major distraction. Uh, the second was uh, the food itself. Uh, we something that we had to get used to, but later on, you know, we discovered this is probably the best. Uh, place as far as food wise and uh, the language aspect of it uh, you know most of us didn't speak English but in Zambia Zambia is a country where uh, they speak English so uh, at school we learned English and then at home we spoke different other different languages so uh, when we came uh, we, uh, we knew a little bit English but it was like more the British version of English and so my biggest my oldest brother could speak, uh, you know, about 40% English. And then my, li- my, uh, my big sister uh, also spoke, you know, probably around that, if not a little less than that. Uh, so they were like the best English speakers in our family. And uh, the rest of us were just hanging around. <laughs> but uh, it's, a, it's a whole thing where we had to learn the language because it was just way different from what we were, we were used to. And um, and just to add, um, the last part is like, the first six months when I came here, um, I personally, I was homesick for like six months straight. And uh, I had never been homesick, uh, never experienced it. I didn't know what it was until like, actually like a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you said that because I've actually experienced that same feeling um, being displaced from New Orleans and moving to Shreveport. You know, it was such a, a huge shock for me. And someone said, what's well, the same state? But it's it's not the same. I mean, it's yeah. a huge difference. Yeah. I think the major shock for me was just getting used to just the living environment because there's not as much to do here as there was in New Orleans. Like you could just walk somewhere and you could find 
like so many different people of different cultures and experiences. Right. And and that was something I was used to. And then, you know, being here, I was like, oh, I, it's different. And it's and you get accustomed to it and you learn from it. And That's I feel like there's positives and negatives to change. But I feel like for me, it was more of not seeing family members and friends and not being at the same school I was going to. That was just such a huge shift for me. Yeah, you, you are definitely, you're definitely right. Uh, the, you know, you can't measure uh, the effect that like the people that surround you have on on how well or how happy you are. Uh, and you don't find that out until you step in an environment where they're no longer around you and you have totally different people around you. And you're like, man, this is so different. <laughs> you have to make an adjustment. Absolutely. You have to make an attitude adjustment. You have to make a mental adjustment. Like it's just adjusting all around for sure. Yep. And and I'll, I'll say like uh, coming to the U.S. for me was like a, like a personal, uh, uh, let me say, a, a personal chance to grow again. Uh, it's almost like, you know, everything that all the growth that I had from my my early childhood up until I was uh, I was 12 years old when we came. It felt like I had to reset. It felt like I went back to five, being five year old again, because uh, nothing that I knew was ever useful here, and it's like everything that was useful here, I didn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I mean, but that, I'm just so glad, like I say, y'all made it out safely, and that you're able to make this change. So I have some fun questions for you. So the next two are going to actually be some songs that you might know. Yes. All right, so the first title is Took a Fall. So can you tell me, how did you bounce back from adversity just being in this entertainment business um, as relates to acting and performing as a singer? And what has been one of the biggest accomplishments you've had thus far in your career? Yeah, so, you know, that's what I like about this song. Uh, It talks about a moment, uh, you know, a moment that you actually, I mean, the title of the song speaks for itself. You know, the moment that you fall and uh, and then the question is, what happens next? Right? Uh, when you are when you are at the bottom, there's only really one way to go. And that's up. Right? And uh, and being in, in the entertainment industry has kind of taught me that the hard way where like uh, you would get an opportunity to and you say, man, this is the best opportunity and I need to to take it and move forward. And then next thing you know, you're asking yourself a question: What went wrong, right? And then, uh, and then, it's you have to adopt that mindset. It's like, okay, this happened. Let's take one step at a time. Let's move to the next thing. And that next thing is can only take me up. It can't take me farther down than than, than I am. And so, took a fall is is. You know, it's bringing that that mindset to say, "Hey, look, I took a fall, right? Um, but I'm I'm about to go up, right? That wasn't that wasn't something that was gonna last forever. Uh, eventually, even when you fall, you you fall for a certain for a certain amount of time, and then you kind of take off and um and go up. And I think that's a great way of looking at life in general. I mean, you've gone through a lot of adversity, but you found your way through it. And can you tell me what's been one of your biggest accomplishments thus far in your career? Yeah, so my first uh, my first song uh, my first song uh, dropped and uh, and I re- and I was able to 
distributed to uh, to like uh, platforms in my country and in uh, other parts of Africa. And uh, I received a uh, very high engagement. I received like a hundred Southern plays uh, from like different platforms. And, uh, and I didn't, that was nowhere, nowhere near what I expected. <laughs> it's nowhere near, uh, you know, if, if, if you, if somebody told me that uh, I was going to get like, you know, five Southern plays and five Southern, Southern downloads, you know, I was going to be, I was going to be, I was like pumped. I was like, what? You know, I have five Southern plays on my first song, but it went farther beyond that. I got a hundred Southern plays and uh, that was nowhere near my expectations at all. So that so far, that's that's something that has been of a success. And uh, and I just want to ride on that, keep improving and, uh, and then look on to the next one. Absolutely. Congratulations on that. First off, I know that I remember where I was when I found out about my podcast getting to 100,000 streams, I was like, whoa, I couldn't believe that that actually happened. But it's just one of those moments where you can just kind of sit back and say, you know what, this is not what I wanted. And originally, I just wanted just to kind of put something great out there. And then people just started to gravitate to it. So congratulations yeah. on that. I, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. No problem. So this is kind of a hard question, the next one. So the title for this one is Long Gone. Yep. So can you tell us about someone that you were close to that's passed away and how have you been able to keep their memory alive? Yeah, so, um, you know, immediately when we, we got here, um, uh, you know, we, we were, we were big, we're a big family. Um, my family, we there's 12 of us. Uh, um, and it consists of um, eight boys and two girls. Uh, and then, uh, and then my two parents. So we were a big family when we came. Um, in 2014, um, we lost a brother. Uh, he uh, he drowned. Uh, he drowned in a swimming pool. And then um, in 2019, um, my, uh, we lost another brother, who also drowned. Uh, he drowned in a pond. Uh, both both of them um, both of them have been have been fighting uh, epilepsy for a very long time and epilepsy is, is just a seizure uh seizure uh seizure disease that uh that has results of like how they call it aka aka brain disorder right? um it just some uh what what results in seizures and so uh you know my second brother had had a severe case of epilepsy and uh you know he he happened uh he happened to be next to a pond and then when epilepsy kicked in he started having seizures and uh, he fell in a pond and unfortunately uh, no one was around him at that time and so you know when um when my when my little brother went went by he looked around he didn't see him and so he called my other brother and then my other brother went and and and, and uh, he saw he saw my uh patrick who is the one um, that drowned. He drowned in a pond, and so I called the ambulance, and um, you know, the ambulance came in, and you know, by the time it was already too late, he had he had already passed away. And I, you know, it's been it's been a challenging, uh, let me say, decade for my family, uh, in just dealing with that. Uh, you know, most of my little siblings, all were, uh, you know, they were all minors uh, this time when, so most of them really didn't understand 
what death means. Uh, they didn't, still didn't process what death is. And uh, to have to go through two of them, uh, very similar cases, you know, it was something that uh, just by looking at them, like traumatized me in a way that like, I just look at them and say, man, uh, and I'm very sorry that they have to go through this and still you know, kind of not understand what this means really. Thank you so much, Sandra, for sharing it. First of all, I want to offer my condolences to your family. Um, losing two important people in your life, especially in a short period of time, can be not only stressful, but it can be sometimes hard to kind of wrap your head around why things happen that we can't control. But I think this is such a great moment for you because you can put all of that hurt and frustration in your music and in your acting, and then it's a way for you to kind of give back to them and show your love for your family. But I'm sorry you had to go through that. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, I use that as fuel. Um, now, and I'll, I'll be honest in saying that um, now when I first lost my, my, when I lost my first brother, uh, that was, uh, that was the kind of uh, uh, the stepping stone for me uh, in my music journey, uh, because, you know, I saw that as the way to express my emotions in a different way than, than, um, then we grow up learning how learning how to, right? Um, you know, as men, we're told, uh, hey, you know, you gotta keep you gotta keep your emotions in check at all times, you know, and um, and that's just something that I was like, okay, you know, I have all these things, all this fire burning in me, and um, you know, I've I've gotta find a way to release it, and and uh, and you know, just going back to my childhood is like, man, music has always been that. A mode of for me to you know, express my emotions in, in in different ways, and and so I turned right to it, and uh, and it's been yeah again I've just been able to use that as few, you know my uh, my other song also is like uh, a tribute to my brother, right? So um, you know, it's kind of been just like that journey for me. Well, I'm just excited to be on a journey with you as well, and I, we can dedicate if you want this episode to your brothers. That would be wonderful, absolutely. <laughs> awesome. So do you mind sharing your names again with me? Yes, yeah, so uh, my my first brother that passed away, his name was Ntumba. Uh, it's uh, N-T-U-M-B-A. And then um, my other brother that passed away as uh, Patrick, uh, P-A-T-R-I-C. Awesome. So we're going to definitely dedicate this episode to them because... I feel like with me getting to know you, I get to know who they are as well. So I'm just very excited that you shared that story with us. And hopefully this will help people who are dealing with, with tragedy and, and, and negative feelings and trying to persevere that they can learn something from how you've been able to be such a strong human being working through these challenges. Absolutely. All right. So can you tell us about the creative process for you? What goes into your songwriting and how have you improved your writing over the last 10 years? Yeah. So I first, uh, you know, I never took any, any education, any class on songwriting or any guidance, you know, the process of writing songs. Um, you know, it just happened like, uh, my friend uh, shared some beats with me and, uh, and I went through my phone and just start writing. Like I, I, I just really came up with my own way to write songs that make sense to me. I'm telling you, until to this day, like 
I still don't know if it's the right way to do it, <laughs> but uh, I do it. Uh, it works for me, and and really, it's like I just take a beat, and then and then the beat really tells me the vibe. I listen to it. Uh, you know, I repeat. You know, I listen to beats on repeat a million times, and uh, and I'm able to just uh, write be, uh, write uh, best on the beat, the vibe that I get. Um, it usually takes about like when I when I start listening to a beat, it takes about three seconds, and by then a song has came to my mind. Right, uh, within three seconds of listening to a beat, I can already tell if okay, this song, this beat is good or this beat is not good, uh, and the song usually comes to my mind. So it's not until I listen to a beat that I know that I have a song, right? And then from there, I just uh, start writing. Um, normally i use i use my phone to write um i, I can't i can't do paper i don't know <laughs> i don't know how people use papers to write <laughs> so i use my phone uh, to write everything and then uh from there you know i i you know, this this past year um you know i invested in building a home studio that i've been able to use uh, as my personal studio you know uh back in the day uh, you know in 2018 when i started recording uh, I used to go to a friend of mine who had a studio, and then I went to a professional studio, which was just too expensive. You know, I decided to invest in my own home studio, and I've been able to use it. And then uh, once I record, uh, for, uh, I'm able. I work with uh, uh, a few engineers, uh, mastering and uh, mixing and mastering engineers that mix and master my songs, and from there uh, we start planning the release. Now, for me, uh, I prefer to to be very advanced about th about the process. So, um, normally, the songs that are that I've been able to release this year are songs that I recorded last year, uh, and everything that I'm recording this year uh, will be released next year. Uh, I just like to plan things out in advance and have everything in a, in a, you know in in a, in a let me say workflow. Right, so we go from one project to the next. Uh, we know what's coming. Uh, you know, just create a system where uh, I'm doing uh, consistent work at a, at a consistent rate, uh, and just trust the process. I like that, Cedric. And I do want to kind of say, just to help you, is that whatever way that you feel the most creative and you feel works for you is the right way. It's not doing it based on the way other people record. Um, because I feel like if you feel at the end, hey, this is something I approve of and this is something I want to put out there, then you've done it the right way for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, this is a hard question, but I ask every guest this question. If you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would you say to young Cedric? Uh, to be patient and not not grow up too fast. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah. You know, when, when I was a, you know, when I was a kid, look, I've, I've done so many things in my life uh when i was a when i was a kid uh you know any age really i was always more mature than the people my age right um because like i, I feel like if i feel like that until now like uh you know then the amount of experience that i that i went through uh, the things that i knew how to do and uh and and just just being uh being a kid was almost uh never a thing for me the only times that i was 
able I was I was ever a kid was whenever uh, I went to play uh, play soccer, and uh, and uh, let me see, yeah, I think just in school and then when I went to play soccer, that's really the times that I realized of myself as a kid. But besides that, I don't know why uh, I, I always thought of myself as being an adult, even when I was a kid. And I've been that same way too, Cedric. I feel like some of us just have to learn how to mature a lot sooner. But I think that just says a lot about just the responsibility that you had. Um, and I can say that at a very young age, having to be put in that situation where your life is at risk and not even know it. I mean, I think your mm -hmm. whole family has a lot of resiliency and courage to, first of all, courage for, to talk about it and share it, but for you to have lived through it and have made it to where you are now is amazing. So that's why I say I love hearing your story and I was so glad that you suggested that you wanted to be on the show because I wanted people to really learn more about you. And that's what makes you such an amazing artist is because you've gone through pain but you've found purpose in, in your pain. And I think that's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'll add and say that, uh, you know, just, uh, and how I've improved like my song, uh, my songs from, you know, the last 10 years, you know, I used to, you know, in the beginning, my songs, it just used to be about anything, but like I've, I've came around to a point where like, you know, I'm not going to write a song about some non pointless stuff. You know, I want my songs to be about something important. Uh, I want I want my songs to change someone's life in a way that you know they don't realize it, uh, in a way that I don't realize it. You know, but listening to my song, uh, you know, you know, I'm able to share something with them, uh, be through, you know, live through an experience with them in a different way. Absolutely. I just really appreciate you sharing that with us because I think that just shows us your heart and your music. So Cedric, I only have two questions for you left. I'm going to combine the last two. So the first question is how can our listeners find you online? And the second one is what's next for you? Can you give us a sneak peek on something you're working on? Yeah, so uh, uh, listeners can find me on uh, Instagram. Uh, they can find me on Facebook. And also uh, my, my website, uh, cedricasongo.com. Uh, for the next, uh, I, I have a lot of things <laughs> that I'm working on, uh, and, uh, and I'm, which I'm really excited for. Uh, but uh, for me, the next one, uh, a project that I'm working on that I'm excited about is, uh, you know, is called, uh, uh, let me see, them, uh, Never Familiar. Uh, it, it's it's a song that I actually been writing for almost uh, let me see eight months running, and uh, and I finally finished it two months ago, um, and um, I actually have the preview the preview of the song on my Instagram. It's right at the top of my Instagram page. Uh, them are never familiar, uh, and what inspired the song was uh, the Uveri. Uh, poly, uh, poly, uh, shooting in uh, in Texas, uh, the school shooting that happened in Uvalde, Texas. That's what rounds up the song. Uh, you know, uh, you know, it talks about, you know, uh, uh, you know, it talks about the most important things like what's going on in this world, right? And um, why, you know, why are we losing people? You know, losing kids to guns, and and we have people that you know advocate for guns as if you know, as if. You know, guns 
are safe and they talk about how the safety of guns and stuff like that you know at the same time you know they prioritize uh the financials you know and whenever they f- they face in the same situation as those kids like they're gonna run away they die from the guns that everybody's scared of guns right so um that's what the song was inspired by and uh, you can see the preview of the song on my instagram page it's right on top of my Insta- instagram page I have not yet recorded the song. <laughs> uh, and so I'm excited to record that song. And I think I think uh, that song will uh, take me somewhere uh, farther than, than just uh, from my couch. I think so too. And I would love to help you with it at any time. If you want to run stuff by me, I would love to just be here to help you make it as creative as possible. But I know that you're going to create another amazing song that we'll all vibe to and love to listen to and I feel like the message is so important which you're sharing but I think it's coming from a person who's going through negative experiences and has found a way to triumph and not become victimized because of it but you've actually used it to humanize um, the situation and allow people to get a peek into your the window of your heart and so Cedric I'm just excited first of all that you're on the show I'm excited to call you a friend and have you as someone who can I can reach out to you and vice versa. And I just want you to do amazing things in your career. Absolutely. I really appreciate it. And um, this is uh, this is going to be one of many. So <laughs> look forward to the next time. Absolutely. I want you to come back and definitely perform some of the, the music that you've already released. And maybe we have some new hits by then. And we can yep. just have a good Absolutely. time jamming out to your music. Definitely. <laughs> That'd be wonderful. <laughs> Well, thank you, Cedric. And let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. Well, I'm just glad to have you on the show, Cedric. This has been such an amazing pleasure to have you as a guest on the show. And I just think like people are going to remember your name. You're going to definitely be someone that we will not only admire, but hopefully I can say we'll see you on the Grammy stage and I'll be like, you know what? I know him. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. I look forward to it. Um, No, I'm not going to stop until that day comes for sure. Absolutely. Well, Cedric, I hope you have a great rest of your day and I will talk with you soon. Thank you. Thank you so much. You as well. Okay. Bye. Uh, bye Bye-bye.